Welcome, friends, to this week's recap episode where I reflect on my incredible conversation with Sarah Williams about transnational adoption. I think it is such a privilege to hear from Sarah about her insight and her experiences. Before I get into it, however, I'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping. So we are almost two months out until Awelita Faith book launches, and I am just so pumped. But it also means I'm getting busier with interviews and pre-order campaigns and launch team extras. So in order to be able to hold all of it, I'll be taking a week here and there, whenever I might need it, in between a recap episode and a new interview. So if you notice a new episode hasn't been uploaded, just know I'll be giving myself a week. (laughs) I'm also due in October. So for the months of October through December, I won't be releasing new episodes, but I'll be doing some fun things with older episodes, taking clips of them, reflecting on them, sharing my favorites, that kind of thing. They'll be shorter episodes, but I really think you'll enjoy them. Anyway, make sure to pre-order Abuelita Faith for some exclusive podcast episodes about the writing process and my research and my ramblings about decolonizing and embodied theology that all weave in and through the book. Some of you might know and others might not, but pre-orders are so, so, so important for authors and publishers. So if you want to support me, that is the best way. Now, my conversation with Sarah. As I mentioned, it's such a privilege to hear from her about her insight and her experiences for many reasons. For one, it's an honor to hear from folks who wrestle with hard personal things, who invite us into their trauma and into their healing. White supremacy and colonialism has taught us to be consumers of people and their stories, but every once in a while I'm reminded of how tender that is and how brave and courageous folks are to let us in. Adoption is something that has been close to home in my own family, and I know how tender and vulnerable and complex it can be. So we hold Sarah's story and her words in sacred space, and not just Sarah, but all of the women on this podcast who have given us of themselves. I also think it's a privilege to hear from Sarah because she's someone who wrestles so well with the both and. I talk about this a lot, but dominant culture doesn't like both and. Dominant culture doesn't like that we hold multitudes, right? Multiple identities and beliefs and ways of being. Binaries and dichotomies are easier to digest. But I'm always appreciative of the folks who invite us to continue leaning into both and. Y'all, I think this is how we become free. I see this in how Sarah is fighting to hold space for both of her moms. This, I believe, is a way in which she resists the dominant culture or the powers that be, which continue to profit over simplistic narratives. And yes, profit, particularly in the case of transnational adoption. As we talked about in our interview, some of the simplistic narratives that have been told about adoption are that adoptees are lucky and they should just be happy that they were quote unquote saved from certain experiences or realities. And this is harmful beyond measure for many reasons, but for one, it silences and simplifies the experience of adoptees, robbing them of agency, of voice, of humanness. Because to be human is to be multifaceted, and the least we can do is honor that. What many, including Sarah, hold are nuances and intersections and complicated realities. And y'all, I don't know what is more uncomfortable for white supremacy 
than complexity and the opposite of simplistic. When we listen to the stories and the biblical interpretations of folks on the margins, it opens our eyes and our ears and our minds to new worlds, and new insights, and new beauties to behold around us. I think this is part of what Sarah referred to as she talked about, quote, coming out of the fog. Now, of course, I don't want to co-opt that saying or that sentiment as it is unique to certain experiences, but I so resonate with Sarah's articulation of coming out of the fog of white supremacy. I think many of us have felt that way in some shape or form, and there's nothing more perfect than seeing this as a coming out of the fog, out of a reality that is gray and colorless and thick. But once it's cleared, life becomes vivid and colorful, and I think that's a lot of what this faith journey is about. Sarah also talks about how dominant culture puts this pressure on us to be on a linear journey where we start here and we end up at this nebulous there, this quote end goal that distracts us from being able to be in community, to be raw and real in our messy selves. Sometimes healing looks circular, not linear. Sometimes growth looks that way too. When I think of decolonizing, I think of the fact that we aren't linear people. I've heard so many critiques about the stages of grief and how we've been told there are five because we want to walk through them and be done, arrive to a place of peace and acceptance. But many who grieve know the stages aren't linear and sometimes you get to five only to find yourself back at one. And because society has told us that being back at one isn't right or the right way to grieve or to heal, then we might feel shame. Think of this also in regard to faith. One of my favorite quotes by Flannery O'Connor says that even in the life of a Christian, faith rises and falls like the tides of an invisible sea. I think this is a simple yet comforting truth we need to always remind each other of. Sometimes the tide is high and sometimes it is low and we are loved in both of those situations and circumstances. And I so hope you take that with you this week. May you feel peace in your rising and in your falling and in your highness and in your lowness. And know you are not alone in the complexity of who you are as an image bearer of God. I'll see you soon for our next interview. Thank you for listening to The Protagonistas.